A scary movie box. Scary movie box? Yep. Okay, no big deal. Room Radio is on the air, you animals. My name is Darian. I am back from my Southern California adventures. Sorry I missed you last week, inmates. It's been a rough one, but I made it back. I'm alive. Um, I am alone tonight. Miss Monica and Buddy uh, were going to be here, but we ran into a last-minute scheduling conflict, so I had to give them both the night off. And we may have to change uh, our recording schedule coming up very soon. Because I've got a developing situation that's becoming a pain in the ass. Uh, not so fast, inmates. I've got two special guests in studio, though. Also back from their Southern California adventures, it's Deacon and Daphne. Say what's up, you two guys. What's up? Hello. Hey. Did you guys have fun in Disneyland? Yep. Yeah? Yes. Did you have fun at Universal Studios? Yes. Yep. You did not go to Halloween Horror Nights with us, because I know that that would psychologically scar your little your little brains. <laughs> so I spared you that. What was your favorite ride at Disneyland, guys? Mine was the, mine was the um, castle. The castle? Oh, that wasn't really a ride. It was just a walkthrough kind of a thing. What was your favorite ride, Didi? Probably be Spider-Man. Oh, that was at California Adventure. Where you had to do the web slinger thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty fun, huh? Did you guys have fun? Were you scared? Uh, no, I you... was actually having a pretty good time. You were scared. You were too scared to go on Guardians of the Galaxy with me. Yeah, because that would go up and down, up, up and, and down, down, up and down, down drop. up and down, drop you, shoot you back up in the sky, drop you again, <laughs> shoot you back up, drop you again, like eight or twelve times. <laughs> it was pretty scary, dude. And it's dark in there, and nobody wants to be in there, and they just keep bouncing you up in the sky. It's pretty pretty crazy. Like my arm. What's wrong with your arm? You got a crazy arm? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, OPs. Daffy, what was your favorite ride? You said the castle? Um, really, but I love the Spider-Man one. Oh, you like the Spider-Man one, too? That was fun. We Daddy, to... what was your favorite ride? My favorite ride? Um, at Disneyland? Yes, at Disneyland. Okay, so we ran into a couple of problems at Disneyland. But for the mo- it was okay. But for the most part, the rides kept breaking down. That yeah. was that was a big issue. Uh, we spent like an extra forty minutes on the Jungle Cruise. That was no good. Uh, the a haunted man, the haunted mansion, uh, broke down twice while we were on it. Um, what else? Oh, Buzz Lightyear. Remember, we got stuck inside Buzz Lightyear yeah. for an extra 15, 20 minutes. So there's that. 
Yeah, it keeps saying whatever it was saying. Bear with us as we attempt to maintain this vehicle or something like that. I would have to say my favorite Disneyland ride, probably uh, Indiana Jones. I would say Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain. That was a good one, too. That one never broke down. All right, you two knuckleheads. I would actually say um, Rise of the Resistance. Oh, Rise of the Resistance. Yeah, that was cool. I'm not even a Star Wars guy, and I thought that was pretty cool. I know. I love the part where they line up the stormtroopers. Oh, there was a lot of stormtroopers. They basically abducted us from our little spaceship there. Yeah, they took us down. Oh, no. What's up, sis? There was, um, they were crashing down and we had to hold on to something. We had to hold on to stuff because we were crashing through the space teleport thing. Pretty pretty gnarly stuff, huh, guys? Were you scared on that one? No, I was actually pretty curious to see what happened first. Addy would, Addy wanted it. Addy wanted to go on it again, even even it had a drop on it. It did. It wasn't much of a drop. Addy's our friend, our little friend that went with us. Uh, she really does not like drops on roller coasters, and that's a bit of a thing. It's scary stuff, dude. All right, anyway, enough of that stuff. Uh, I've got some horror news to talk about. You guys want to hang out for horror news? Sure. Let's do the horror news, you guys. You're probably not going to understand a lick of what I'm about to tell you, but that's fine. You don't have to. Uh, here comes some horror news. Okay, <laughs> horror news. Had to excuse the two kiddos there as things are about to get a bit weird. Uh, looks like David Bruckner has uh, cast Pinhead in his upcoming Hellraiser series. He's gone with a female. Uh, Jamie Clayton. Don't ask me who that is, because I don't know. I am actually okay with this. I don't mind this, because a couple of reasons. Um, I always thought Pinhead was... Like, in in the book, the character was androgynous. So, you didn't really know what... Like, there was no sexual orientation one way or the other. Later on in books, the Pinhead, um... demon or whatever you want to call it kind of bounces between uh Kernet, colonel elliot's well what the fuck was his name elliot spitzer no it's not elliot spitzer um fucking shit thompson elliot something uh and kirsty cotton so like in the graphic novels kirsty cotton actually becomes pinhead and pinhead becomes female for a little while um I'm okay with it. I don't mind. I'm interested to see how it pans out. It cannot possibly be any worse than Big Fat Pinhead from uh, Hellraiser Revelation, right? That was the worst possible pinhead. I don't think there's any place to go but up from there, inmates. So I'm okay with it. We'll see how it plays out. It might be uh, dumb. I don't know. It, what? Again, the Hellraiser franchise. Not a lot of, uh, <laughs> can't get much worse, I don't think. So, really, it's just room for improvement from this point forward. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see how it works. Here's something I'm very excited about. Paranormal Reserve Vodka. Now, dig this. This is perfect for uh, your Halloween party. It's uh, bottles of vodka that have been aged in haunted locations, Okay. Uh, you can buy these things at paranormalreserve.com. They go on sale first thing tomorrow morning. 
You got three choices. Uh, they're all vodka, so and I imagine they all taste about the same, really. Uh, like 30 bottles were aged in the Basilica Axe Murder House. 30 bottles were aged in the Conjuring House, which I'm not sure exactly where that is. And 30 bottles were aged in the Trans-Allegheny uh, Mental or Institute for the Criminally Insane in Pittsburgh. All three locations reputed to be horrifically haunted, and uh, that's cool, man. Each one comes with a a certificate of authenticity. I think the bottles are going to start at about 130 bucks each. I'm going to try and buy two of them, and I'm going to try and sneak that past the wife. I don't know uh, how often she looks at our bank account, but if I can, she's going to be pissed. I can tell you right now. I'm going to take one. I'm going to keep one for myself. I'm going to take one to the the big Halloween party coming up here in a couple weeks. So. I'm going to try and slide that one past the goalie and see what if I can make that happen. Uh, what else we got here? Krispy Kreme Donuts is selling witch-themed donuts for Halloween. As if we needed more sugar and bullshit on Halloween. I love Halloween. I'm going to put on probably 15 pounds just in the uh, the candy, walking past my kid's candy dish uh, every day. Um of course, I'm going to bake some fucking cookies. And now, apparently, well, I, I'm not a big donut guy, but I know, excuse me, somebody at the office is going to bring in donuts, and they're probably going to be witch-themed. Thank you very much, Krispy Kreme. Although they usually bring in Doughboy donuts. Either way, I don't eat it. Uh, but if somebody presents me with a donut, I'm probably going to eat it. Or if somebody says, hey, there's donuts over there, help yourself. I don't want to be rude, right? I have to eat a donut. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And that is my excuse for being a big fat guy. Uh, what else we have here? Malignant. I know most of us, most of us have seen it by now. Uh, it's hitting Blu-ray next month in November. If anybody wants to actually purchase it, um, I don't think I need that. I don't. It was. It was all right. You know, I didn't care for the ending. The action sequences were pretty dope. We talked about it uh, two weeks ago. Um, I was, it was all right. It is all right. Uh, what else we have here? A, a couple weeks ago, I talked about Terror on Tubi. Um, they are opening it up with a Tubi original. Tubi original. And it's going to be a documentary called Famously Haunted. And they're going to explore the mythos behind the Amityville house. Um... Tubi has left quite a bit to be desired in the horror department. I'm interested, though. I've always been fascinated by uh, the Amityville case. Not so much the hauntings, because I feel like the hauntings were horseshit. More about the DeFeo murders and what the hell was going on there. But I'm going to check it out either way, just because I got nothing else to do with my time, I suppose. Uh, And that, my friends, is all we have on the horror news. I am prepared and long overdue for some listener mail. Listener mail. Boom, 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 boom. We got emails, voicemails, all kinds of fun stuff. Let's see what's coming up first. Here we go with some emails. Let's kick it off with Sydney, Australia. It's our main man, Tim, from the Horror for Dummies crew. I love this fucking guy. Uh, 
subject line. Welcome back. Hey, Darian, and maybe guys. Welcome back. Hope your trip was awesome. Can't wait to see the photos. I'd love to go to Universal Horror Nights, but with the way COVID is here in Australia, we won't be out of lockdown for years. Yeah, Tim, uh, what the fuck is going on over there, man? We had our COVID lockdown. It wasn't nearly as bad as yours, from what I gather. Uh, Hope you guys are staying sane over there. Uh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> my uh, my therapy for lockdown was getting up and going to work every morning because uh, my job decided that I was an essential personnel or whatever. So I really didn't miss a beat. I just kept going to work every day <laughs> like, like nothing was going on. I hope you're staying sane, my friend. Uh, board games. Um, I hope you have a, a, a lot of room in your house because that also helps, you know. Uh, kids get on your nerves. I would pretend to go to the bathroom and just go in there and close the door and turn out the lights for a little while and, uh, you know, just try to get some goddamn peace and quiet. Uh, I've got you, man. You're Lake Mungo. Yes, you got me. I watched that the night before you gave your clues, so I got you instantly. God damn it. Hope all is well this week and can't wait for another round of the Terra Dome Madness. Death to Maniac Cop. Everybody's mad at me. And they're trying to take it out on Maniac Cop. And I am sorry. I am not doctoring the votes, you sons of bitches. All right? I am calling them and logging the votes as they come in. Um, There's like no Russian collusion or anything. Unless there's a Russian listener out there that would like to vote. Then I guess there would be. Anyway, uh, thank you very much, Tim, for writing in. Hope you're staying sane over there. Uh, Let's get over to Tokyo, Japan. Here comes Lonely Bob. Kevin is in the house. Subject line, recommended horror for kids. Hey, Padded Room crew, hope you have a fun and safe time visiting Disney for Halloween festivities. You know, it's a funny thing about Disney, Kevin. Disneyland, uh, 100% capacity, no masks required except when indoors, and no proof of vaccination needed. About 25 minutes away, Universal Studios, uh, also, I believe, 100% capacity, can't get in without proof of vaccination, and you have to wear your mask all the time, indoors and out. But I have to tell you, Universal was way more fun than Disneyland, in my opinion. Uh, regarding horror for kids, I recommend watching Monster House. Oh, yeah. That's a computer graphics animated film from 2006. Think like Madagascar, but with a scary story appropriate for kids, but with some creepy undertones that adults may also appreciate. Check it out and let me know what you and your kids, if they watch it, thought. Kevin at Lonely Bob. I could probably sell them on that, Kev. Um, I'm into it. I could. We could do uh, Monster House, but I would like to get them into horror movies. You know, like the Creep Show. Uh, like uh, stuff stuff that we Kevin's about my age. I think probably a little bit younger. Stuff that we grew up on, Kevin. That we look back on now and we realize just how silly it is. Uh, but watching it at the time, we're like, oh, <laughs> oh, look at that. You know. That's what I'm. That's what I'm aiming for, anyway. Um, I got one lined up for him this week. If we get a few minutes, we're gonna drop another episode. Uh, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to get them to watch Neon Maniacs with me. Okay, no nudity in that one. Uh, there was, I think, some sexual humor. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I remember it being pretty goddamn silly. And uh, I'm gonna try and knock that out with the kids. We'll see what they think. Uh, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy subject line fucker. (laughs) 
And that, cowboy, is why I had to excuse the kids after the opening segment. Uh, evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well. I made it in tonight. Glad to know Buddy is back and gallivanting around the random bus stop sounds, sounds the country. I think he meant around the country. Darian, I hope you had an awesome time at Horror Nights, you lucky fucker. I'm still fucking jealous. Don't have much this week, thanks to work as usual, but I have started making my own Freddy glove, and I will share pics when it's finished. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Um, Is that a good idea, cowboy, to have a fully functional Freddy glove? I feel like at some point, uh, you, the cops may be called on you, not necessarily for that, but when they find that, that's going to raise more questions, I think, rather than exonerate you from whatever the original call was for. Uh, anyway, Cowboy, thanks for listening. Thanks for writing in. We got a voicemail or two here. Speaking of Southern California, here comes the man, the myth, the legend himself. Mr. Tom Hardy is in the house. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! Padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? So far, so good. I yeah, hope everyone is doing well. Uh, hope you got somebody sitting in with you this week, Darren. I did for uh, a minute. Hey, hope you had a great trip to uh, L.A. And, oh, it was uh, beautiful. Were able to do uh, all the shit you needed to do. Sorry, right. we couldn't meet up, man. My schedule just a uh, little shitty right now, but hopefully uh, we can do it again some other time. It's all good, brother. Anyway, uh, let me get into the uh, regular show shit. Oh, you know what? Huh. Got got an observation, okay. and I know we've talked about this one before, Uh-oh. but uh, <laughs> just real quick on the the Halloween um, franchise. Oh, as okay. A whole. Yeah, what do you think? You know, I know we've gone over before, like the the chronology. I guess it is um, where the canal I don't know what the what? fuck the word is, but let me talk about it like this. Okay. Like in the original Halloween, okay. Continuity. Like the series goes. One, two, four, five, six, and three is its own thing. Well, technically, no. And then it also goes one, two, H2O, and then what was the other piece of shit one? Like Resurrection, Resurrection Re- yeah. Retribution, some shit like that. Buster Run. And then it goes Rob Zombie's one and Halloween one and two. Correct. And then it goes Halloween, Halloween. original all the way to... Uh, the 2016, 17, 18, whatever it was, Halloween, that right. now is going to have Halloween kills. Correct. The reason I bring it up, though, is you realize that with this new Halloween flip coming out, there'll be 12 fucking Halloween movies. Goddamn right. And I don't know why, but always back in the day, it was like, you know, oh, fucking Friday the 13th making one a year, you know. Yeah. Uh, Nightmare on Elm Street's coming out every other year. And it just seems like the Halloween franchise is kind of done. Uh, um, yeah. And then they did, you know, four, five, and six. And then it just went away again. Yeah. And uh, But all of a sudden, it's just like rearing back, and they're cranking out these flicks. I mean, there's a planned 13th one. And, oh. you know, Elm Street's only got, what, seven, uh, eight? Yeah. And Friday the 13th has 12. But all of a sudden, these guys, they got 13 flicks, man. I don't know why. That just blew my mind. I was like, fuck, man. <laughs> That's crazy. They got so many of them. It's and true, it seems man. like it's just been recently. It's true. Um, anyway, on to the, the real shit. 
Hey, uh, on the what are you looking at department? Yes, sir. Uh, I got to catch two flicks. Uh, one of them was a rewatch, The Descent. Oh, that's a good one. I, I fucking love that flick. Me too. Man. I, I hadn't seen it in a while, so I decided out and I watch it again. You know, it was on, I think, Amazon. Uh-huh. Uh, GP'd. So there's that. He called back. But before we get into that, a couple of thoughts on the Halloween franchise. So... I was thinking the other day, well, I was, I was, as I was watching the movie for this week, something occurred to me, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, during the, I, what, I want to say about 2009, 2010 is when we started cranking out, well, no, actually it goes back actually to like 2004, uh, we started cranking out the remakes, right? So we had Texas, well, actually I think Dawn of the Dead was the first big one, Here Comes Texas Chainsaw. And then we jumped right into the big ones, uh, Friday the 13th, uh, Halloween, and um, uh, Nightmare, uh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street. So that kind of revitalized interest in our beloved slashers that we grew up with, Tom Hardy. <clears throat> now, the reason I think Halloween is getting more attention than the rest, first off, there's not that legal quagmire that Jason Voorhees is locked up in, but for some reason... Uh, it, I I think I think Rob Zombie has more uh get sh- more to do with it than we're giving him credit for. So you have Halloween, the, the the franchise is so convoluted and so fucking. You're right. There's I mean there is supposed to be continuity, but be, it, it doesn't make any goddamn sense, my man. So in the original franchise, you had Halloween one. Halloween 2, 3 doesn't count. 4, 5, and 6 are not technically part of the Halloween franchise. Well, they are, but they're not part of the original storyline. So as we cruise into H2O, we have to kind of push 4, 5, and 6 aside like they never happened. Which is unfortunate, because Dr. Loomis is probably the most interesting character in that entire fucking uh, show. Um... from there, we get into uh, yeah uh, H2O and then uh, Resurrection, which has even less to do with anything other than Jamie Lee Curtis was in it for three and a half seconds. So from there, we go to the Rob Zombie uh, remakes, one and two. Uh, they're okay. Everybody seems to hate them all of a sudden. I rather enjoy them both. Uh, from there, we have to then retrograde ourselves back to Halloween 1, and then pretend everything after that didn't happen at all. And then we have to uh, accept the 2018 Halloween as a sequel to John Carpenter's original Halloween. And now we have to uh, t- accept Halloween Kills as the real and true Halloween 3. Now, I don't know why we started doing this with our franchises or what the fucking point is. If there's no con- if there's no continuity, it's fine. I get that. You take like a, uh, I don't know, a fucking uh, some of these uh, of the dead movies. You know, Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead. They're all supposed to be interlinked somehow. They're not. There's no continuity at all. Sometimes uh, one of them starts with the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. Then another one starts with the beginning of a zombie apocalypse. Then another one starts in the middle of the zombie apocalypse. And then we bring in a bunch of political crap. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't matter, really. So really, the only thing linking these movies together is the Michael Myers mythos, the Michael Myers character, 
um, excluding, of course, Halloween 3, wildly underrated in my opinion. And this this thing that I don't, we just have, we we couldn't drop it. Okay, Halloween one and two, uh, Rob Zombies. Say you didn't like it. Okay, fair enough. But they made a shit ton of money. <laughs> whether we whether you liked it or not, you probably went and saw it or owned the Blu-ray or something to that nature. Thus, that revenue was generated. More interest was built in Michael Myers. And then this new scene of retrograding sequels came about, and now here we are. We can't, we we couldn't put up a conspiracy board with yarn and tinfoil hats tracking the characters of the Halloween franchise because we would probably tangle ourselves up in the yarn and choke to death on the tinfoil hats. I'm sorry, Tom Hardy. I know I've gone completely off the rails here. You did call back, and I'm going to play... That next voicemail right now. God damn it. Here he comes. G fucking P, baby. G motherfucking P. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, that's what you get for listening to me drone on about Halloween. I love death. it. Uh, so anyway, Listen to me drone on. Man, I love that flick. That is such a good flick and i remember the first time i see uh i saw it and i didn't see it in the theaters i saw it you know on video maybe a year or two after it came out Uh and uh i don't know for for a while i gotta admit i was really down on horror you know at that time oh you know just nothing really that great you know i mean the saw franchise is kind of whatever and like like there was final destination and but nothing like Nothing really spectacular, and that flick, whoa, just really brought it back for me. Uh, same with the flick uh, Oculus that you guys are watching. It, you know, it yeah. seemed like that came out when horror kind of, at least in my eyes, was kind of at a down point, and it really just kind of turned it around. I get that. But, um, yeah, so anybody that hasn't seen, even the second one's really good, too. I, I like the second one. I don't one. know well, about that one. Um, <laughs> oh, and then this other flick is called Corn. Field of Screams, <laughs> and like corn is like an acronym for like can't remember for some like collective order of something. I, but the yeah. N is like necrophilia, necrophilia, sure. not necrophilia, or necrophagia, necrophagia, but, uh, like necrophilia. Know. Not even that. I can't remember what it was. Some some sort of necro shit. Okay. Anyway, the fucking cover of it, I've, you know, the little thumbnail yep, or whatever. Yep fucking awesome, I man. have seen it. you watch the flick. And then... Ah, dude, I yeah. don't know about this one. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I'd kind of recommend against it. Uh-huh. Felt like it had a cool concept, but just too much wackadoo shit going on and <laughs> people doing stuff for the sake of the, uh, you know, advancing the plot that makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, that's... that's. I don't know. Part. I didn't care for it. I Like I said, I'd recommend stay away from it. Yeah. Anyway, uh... No Terror Dome this week, so I do believe that be all. Beautiful. Uh, hope you had a good trip, and I uh, hope you had a good week off. Welcome back. Thank and, you very much. Uh, love you like Sam. Bye now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. So it's funny you bring up, uh, you know, finding good horror movies and, you know, kind of feeling like you're being pushed out of horror for a while because, like, the trend is these shitbird movies. And that's kind of why I started this podcast, man, because... Periodically, 
I will I will be like, God damn, I gotta watch this movie for the show. I hate this fucking movie. And or you know, a Patreon uh donation will come up and somebody will pick like a month like remember Eric Roberts month? I was hating my life for a full month having to watch those fucking shitty movies. But if you dig in the dirt and if you 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 follow the weird uh, thumbnail art on Amazon Prime and Hulu and you you take a minute or two just to read the synopsis you will find like a descent like a diamond in the rough and that's what I'm trying to do with this show is find those diamonds in the rough bring them to your attention and uh you know that way you can you I can save you the trouble of having to wade through corn fields of screams <laughs> Which, by the way, Tom Hardy, I'm going to agree with you 100%. I have seen the thumbnail on Amazon Prime, and I think to myself, hey, that looks pretty fucking good. I read the synopsis, and then I go, oh, yeah, okay. And then I started it once, and I was, no, no. I saw the kids and the road, and then no, no, I'm not doing it. Um, But anyway, that's what the point that I was trying to make is that that's kind of my job, and that's the, the service that I offer you, absolutely free of charge, mind you, is to wade through the shit films out there and find for you the diamonds in the rough, like a descent, like a star. And most of the time, you won't find these movies in theaters, is a thing. Uh, Starry Eyes, for example, straight to uh, video. Great fucking movie, in my opinion. Uh, the one that I'm about to review for you right now did go to theaters and sort of launched the career of who is now probably one of my favorite horror directors. So without further ado, Tom Hardy, Kevin, Tim, uh, Cowboy, thank you guys very much for bearing with me over my little vacation there. I have got a movie to get into you. Get into you? <laughs> Let me slide this movie into you, baby. I want to get into a movie right now, all right? Tim is a healthy adult who represents no danger to himself or anyone else. And I believe he should be discharged. Hey, little brother. I found him. What do you mean? We only have a few days. A few days for what? To keep our promise and kill it. My name is Kaylee Ann Russell. The purpose of today's experiment is to prove that the object behind me is responsible for at least 45 deaths in the four centuries of its recorded existence. We got a new home, so we get new furniture. It's a bit ostentatious, though, don't you think? Hey, Dad, who's that lady in your office today? What lady? We were just kids. We made up a scary story so we wouldn't have to accept the fact that our father was a sick man who killed our mom. Why don't we just end it right now and smash the damn thing? First, I intend to prove that the people I've just described were victims of the supernatural force that resides in that mirror. You want to redeem the family name? You promised me you'd never forget what really happened. I was 10 years old. Betty? Tim? Tim? Snap out of it!
Yeah, buddy. It is Oculus from 2014. This one is written and directed by Mike Flanagan, whom we know and love. It got 6.5 stars on IMDb. It's got a hard R rating. Stars Karen Gillan, Brenton Thwaites, and Rory Cochran. Now, a couple of things before we get into the meat and potatoes here. Uh, Mike Flanagan. And I'm going to bring it back, right back to Rob Zombie. Because one of the biggest gripes that people have about Rob Zombie is that he puts his wife in every movie. Sherry Moon Zombie. Now, (laughs) you motherfuckers. Uh, Mike Flanagan does the exact same thing. God damn it. With, uh, what's her name there? Shit. I completely forgot her name. You know who I'm talking about. Uh, it's his, uh, wife. Uh, but her name is not Flanagan. Hold on. She was, she's in every goddamn movie. She was in, uh, uh, Gerald's game. She was in, um, Oculus. Obviously she was in, uh, uh, what else? Uh, oh, both of the, uh, Fright, but not the fucking Haunting of series. I'm going to tell you her name right now. Her name is, I'm going to slap myself in the face when I see it. It's not her. It is Kate Siegel. Uh, she's, she, that's Mike Flanagan's wife, if you didn't know. And she was Theodora in The Haunting of Hill House. I forget who she was in, uh, The Haunting of Blind Manor, but I know she was in there. She was the mom in, uh, uh, Gerald's game. She was in this one. She was the, uh, saucy ghost, uh, affair chick. Uh, she was in hush. She was the protagonist. I forget her name. I'm sure she's in midnight mass. I haven't watched that yet though. So I'm sure she's in there somewhere, but she's in every one of his movies. Mike Flanagan gets a free. Oh, she was also in Dr. Sleep. God damn it. Yes, she was too. Don't lie to me. (laughs) Uh, Mike Flanagan gets a free pass on that. And Rob Zombie does not. And I would argue that Sherry Moon Zombie is a bit uh, more, a bit better of an actress than Kate Siegel. Fight me. Come on, fight me. I don't care. Anyway, uh, just wanted to bring that to your attention. Um, this is a good movie. This is a great movie. A uh, couple of things that I really like about it. I'll, I'm going to do the whole breakdown here in a second. But number one, ghosts. Motherfucking ghosts, vengeful spirits, right? They're, here they come. They're going to fuck up your life and probably kill some people you know. It o- almost always starts with a house. Not this time. This time it's a mirror. I like that. That's that's a new take on stuff, on, on, on a horror trope, for lack of a better expression. Number two, and this is the best part about it, it's something that we don't often get in horror movies, and that's the aftermath. Okay, in a weird way, this one launches into its own sequel and or prequel in the middle of the movie. It's not a linear uh, plot line. I'm going to be all over the place here in a second. But uh, the aftermath is something that I'm always very interested in. We watch our favorite slasher movies. Our survivor girl escapes in the end. There's a pile of dead bodies. Our slasher is incapacitated. In comes the big line of cop cars. Uh, she gets wrapped in a blanket and ushered into an ambulance, roll credits. We have to assume at that point that everybody lives happily ever after. Or so that we sleep better at night. Um, but we never get into, even in the sequels, we tend to just kind of brush those characters aside and start all over from scratch. But what really happens in the aftermath of that, you know what I'm saying? Here's something that I've always fantasized about. Besides, you know, various pornographic things. Um, The ghosts of Crystal Lake. Think about that, dude. 
I mean, this movie will never be made, but what if we made a Friday the 13th movie? Or we didn't even call it Friday the 13th. We just made a haunted campground movie with just no Jason Voorhees, no slasher element at all. All that shit is already done. But now we have the ghosts of all these Voorhees victims hanging around Camp Crystal Lake. We never saw that. We probably never will. Because if you made (laughs) a Friday... The only way you would get away with that is if you made a haunted campground movie and at the very end uh, had a, a light shine on one of the signs and it said Crystal Lake and, I don't know somehow shoehorned shoehorned it in so that nobody knew they were watching a Friday the 13th movie the whole time until the very end. It's just a crazy fantasy I had. All right, let's get into this one, shall we? Uh, We are going to start off in a mental institution, my friends. And a young man is going to be released. He's getting, he's basically walking uh, his psychiatrist, I guess, through a dream sequence he had in which uh, he murdered his father. And he explains that usually when he has this dream, it's somebody else holding the gun, but this time it's him. And that leads the psychiatrist to say, okay, this guy's ready to rejoin society. Uh, He's been locked up here for a while. We're going to get all this dialogue. We're going to find out that the young man's name is Tim. Uh, The reason he's in a mental institution is, as you would imagine, he murdered his father when he was a very young man, probably, I don't know, seven or eight. And... uh, there, there's. We're going to get into that scenario here in a minute. But he's being released uh, from the mental institution with a clean bill of mental health, I guess, to the custody of his slightly older sister by the name of Kaylee. Now, uh, Kaylee has made quite a name for herself. She's played by Karen Gillen. I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, you won't recognize her, but you definitely have seen her. She's one of the body-painted superheroes in the MCU. Uh, I know everybody is shouting at me right now for not knowing that particular superhero. I, uh, I, I don't, I, I, can't, I, I cannot keep up with it, so I'm sorry. But she's, she's in there, and she's some kind of an alien ninja or assassin. I don't know what she's doing. In this movie, she plays this guy's older sister, very attractive young lady, and she works for an auction house. So on the days leading up to his release, uh, he has a couple of uh, chit-chats with uh, Kaylee, and in one, after he's been released, they meet for lunch, and she's like, hey dude, I've got it, and it's time to make good on our promise. And Tim is like, uh, what, what are you... What are you talking about there, Kaylee? And she's like, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And now this is where we get all like back and forth with it. Because from here, we're going to jump back and forth to flashbacks of what happened to these two when they were kids and what's going on presently in uh, the, with, with what's happening here. So um, now we're going to jump right into flashback land. Karen and, or Karen, uh, Kaylee and Tim are brother and sister. Uh, Kaylee's a little bit older than Tim. Uh, they moved into a house in the early 2000s with their parents. Uh, dad played by Rory Cochran, mom played by Maddie Sackoff. I don't know how I feel about Maddie Sackoff. Let me just uh, confirm that name. I know her last name is Sackoff, which is unfortunate. <laughs> uh, Katie Sackoff, excuse me. Uh, Interesting actress. Interesting actress. Uh, I wouldn't say she's like 
drop dead gorgeous, but she's definitely not hideous. So she has a very motherly quality about her. I'll say that, or at least she starts off with one in this movie. Moving into a new house, dad is a computer designer. Mom is a stay-at-home mom. Apparently, they're doing very well for themselves. The house is very nice. Uh, dad has to have his office separate from everything else in the in the, in the house so that he can work in peace and quiet. He works from home, apparently, doing stuff. Um, and in doing so, he bought a very ostentatious, ostentatious, I guess is the word I'm looking for, mirror. And it's very ornate and it's uh, very old, antique looking. A lot of wainscoting on the frame, very ornate frame. And the glass itself is very smoky, which I guess in the world of high-end mirrors means that it's uh, very old. So he probably paid a lot more for the mirror than he should have. Mom's a little miffed about it. Kids are getting settled in. Everything's cool for now. Uh, But dad does make the proclamation that the kids have to stay out of the office, and that's that. And the mirror, by the way, is going to hang in his office. So that's that's pretty cool, I guess. Creepy-looking mirror, dude. And if you've seen any of Mike Flanagan's work, you'll see this mirror pop up periodically throughout various other incarnations. I know he did one of those Ouija movies, and I guess it's in the basement somewhere. I don't know. Uh, so that's uh, that's exciting. Uh, now we're going to cut back to present day. We are going to find out that Kaylee actually works for a high-end uh, auction house, and she's banging her boss. But it's okay, I guess, because they're about to get married. It's actually her fiancé, a guy by the name of uh, Johnny, I think is his name. His name is actually um, uh, uh, Michael, I think. We're going to call him Michael. Uh, He's a pretty pretty nice guy. He also works for the auction house. And basically, what we're going to find, if you haven't put it all together yet, my friends, um, the, the mirror is haunted. We're going to get into how and why and all that shit in a minute. Uh, they blame the mirror for not only the death of the father, although Tim openly admits to killing him, which he did, but the death of the mother. So both parents died before Tim got put in, into the mental institution. We'll get, we'll kind of weave our way through that via a series of flashbacks as we go. So, uh, Kaylee has engineered the purchase of the of the the mirror, and she is going to uh, basically engineer the destruction of it, as uh, her and her brother had promised to do before her brother was taken away when they were very young. Uh, she is ready, and she is serious, and she knows what's going on. She knows that that fucking thing is haunted, and it's up to those two not only to prove it, but then to destroy it and hopefully clear the name of uh, both Tim and the father, because late we're about to find out that the father was actually blamed for the murder of the mother. We'll get into all of that. A lot to unpack here, bros. Hang out with me. So that's very exciting. Uh, Kaylee is pretty hot, and she's got like that no-nonsense businesswoman thing going on, uh, kind of a tough-talking uh, you know, I'm here to get things done and don't fuck with, get in my way. And here I go. You know, I love that. I love an assertive woman, especially one that looks like that. That definitely makes the medicine go down. Um, Tim the whole time has been, uh, in therapy and he's like, Kaylee, no, 
your your mind is putting this together because you don't want to blame dad, but dad was having an affair and he was a sick man and mom couldn't handle it. And he's trying to basically talk her off the ledge of destroying the mirror and trying to get her some kind of help too. And she's like, no, you know goddamn well what I'm talking about. That mirror is fucked up and it killed our family. No, 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 no. So she's like, fine, I'll do it myself. She arranges. So we get to see the mirror in its full on entirety there's a hairline fracture in the in the corner and via her auction house she pulls some strings and you know uh does some backwards dealing and basically arranges to have quote-unquote have the mirror repaired and by that i mean she basically steals the mirror um or at least gets it out of their warehouse to a point where uh nobody expects it to be there so instead of taking it to the mirror repair shop if such a thing exists she loads it up into her um subaru outback and drives it right back to their old house which is now vacant and she's like i'm gonna here we go i'm gonna prove that this thing is haunted and then i'm gonna destroy it and everybody's uh gonna know what's really going on from there tim tim the whole time is going dude you gotta let go it's not the mirror, it was dad, he's a sick guy, so she, he goes over there to help her, well, not really to help her, but I, I guess to help her, like, talk her off the ledge, hey, listen to me, it's not the fucking mirror, dad was, we were having some problems, and this is where the story kind of fractures, this, well, one of the points where it fractures, because we're gonna get some more flashbacks here, and we're gonna get Kaylee's version of the flashback, and then we're gonna get Tim's version of the flashback. So, uh, unfortunately, one of the first victims of this, we, we we get like a whole background on the mirror. It's it's called the Lasser Glass, which is badass, if you ask me. Um, she's gonna run us down the whole history of the Lasser Glass. It originated in like 1775, and the the Earl of fucking Florentine had it and uh, his house burned down and uh, from there it was purchased by another guy who died violently and then another guy and then it was lost for like a hundred years when it was uh, hanging in some civil war general's house and but they got burned down Atlanta and then it disappeared and then it showed up again in like 1916 and it was in a hotel for a while and then it was in a bank for a while everywhere this fucking thing goes somebody dies violently or commits suicide in a very bizarre fashion and uh the very last victim before uh it came to the russell family was a young lady by the name of marisol chavez and she is played by the aforementioned kate siegel um very attractive uh not quite sherry moon zombie attractive in my opinion but still very uh attractive and uh we're gonna get to see a lot of her and there's a lot of implications going on here so Period. As Kay- as Kaylee re- retells the story, uh, they begin seeing a phantom woman in Dad's office, possibly uh, giving him a blowjob at one point. Uh, Tim's version of the story is that they saw a real woman in Dad's office, also giving him a blowjob, but it was in fact a real woman, not a ghost. And uh, you know, there's that. But the the ne- that's how it all starts. After that, the dog, the family dog, dies. Uh, gets very sick, stops eating, and dies. Tim remembers it as basically the dog having parvovirus, which you know m- creates all kinds of mental deficits for the dog, uh, which would explain why he kept barking at the mirror. Um, she remembers it as the dog just kind of hanging out in the office and getting locked in there at one point, basically just withering away and dying until Dad had to take him to the vet and put him down. 
Uh, so basically, all of her memories are going to have this supernatural spin. All of his memories are going to be kind of whitewashed in a weird way. And I don't know if whitewashed is the term I'm looking for, but through the lens of psychoanalysis, so to speak. Uh, pretty good stuff. So from there, we have that Kaylee is not fucking around here, kids. She has cameras set up on this thing. She has house plants all over the place because apparently this thing ingests life. She has a dog which is a Boston Terrier, and she refused to name the dog. Now, I know a few things about dogs. Boston Terriers are not cheap. They average about $2,000 for a puppy, a purebred. Um, I'm pretty sure she could have just gone to the pound and adopted one for 40 bucks. But anyway, she has a Boston Terrier uh, named dog that she's going to use as a guinea pig. And uh, she's got cameras on all sides. She has uh, alarms set off uh, reminding her when to eat. When she has like all these fail safes in place, so that if if and when the mirror starts to fuck with her, it can't because like the different ways that it uses to fuck with you, uh, it can make you just forget to eat for like a week and then you'll die of starvation, or it can make you forget to hydrate and you'll die of dehydration. Apparently, I don't know. Uh, so she's got all these alarm clocks going off. The last one is a boat anchor suspended from the ceiling, and she has to manually reset the timer every 30 minutes and if she doesn't the boat anchor will swing down from a uh, ceiling mount and smash right into where the uh, laser glass is mounted on the wall so if she does die and tim also dies there will be nobody there to reset the timer and the laser glass will be smashed to bits by this swinging boat anchor so in a weird way she kind of has a gun to the glass's head but the glass also has a gun to her head because it's about to start fucking shit up now we jump back to flashback land um i'm gonna skip through a lot of the family drama but suffice it to say what we basically have here is a microcosm of the shining which obviously is gonna reflect later in flanagan's work with dr sleep and things like that uh the deterioration of the family uh weird stuff starts happening in the office dad starts blaming the kids uh there's one scene where dad bites one of his fingernails off puts a band-aid on it can't get the band-aid off so he takes a staple remover to his finger and basically just snips the tip that's gross dude that made me cringe a little bit i'm not a squeamish guy if there's a band-aid stuck on my finger all i gotta do is run it under the sink it'll come right off i'm always losing band-aids i don't need a goddamn uh staple remover to get it off it'll come off in a day or two i'll find it uh in my bed or at the in the shower drain or something anyway that kind of made me cringe a little bit uh mom is growing more and more despondent and she's hitting the bottle the kids keep seeing this phantom woman and they keep bringing it up to mom which is then instilling a kind of like a paranoia in mom uh she's hearing voices from the office late at night uh like he's talking to somebody he's like continues to separate himself from the family by you know not letting anybody in the office while he's working um it just really goes downhill from there uh at one point he takes a trip a golf uh excursion with his one of his clients i guess and the dog gets put in the the office and locked in there and then when the dog comes out that's when it gets real sick and withers starts withering away um that's basically how it goes down and i can skip all through the rest of the flashbacks until mom completely comes unraveled one night when dad comes home late 
she is completely convinced that there's another woman living in his office, which is about the size of my guest room and near impossible to do, uh, but living in there and goes completely cuckoo bananas. Attacks the kids. Kids manage to get away, run upstairs and lock the door. Dad comes home in the middle of this and he's like, hey, what are you doing? So she attacks him. He applies a sleeper hold to her and then chains her up in the bedroom. Now, <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to say that that is the influence of the the lasser glass on him because at one point he takes his flip phone out and he's like I'm going to call 911 uh I just had to choke my wife out cuz she's uh freaking the fuck out for some reason before the before he hits the the second one on 911 he folds the phone up puts it back in his pocket and then drags his unconscious wife into the bedroom, comes back with a hammer and some nails and a drill. And we'll find out later that that he actually like secured her to the wall via a dog chain, which is nasty. Okay. Nasty. Uh, now we're going to go back to present time. The glass is building momentum. The plants around it are starting to die. Tim, thank Christ, lets the dog out because Kaylee had it parked like right up against the window. Uh, while they're having the argument about the dog, uh, they're just like yelling and screaming at each other. It's just a mirror. It's just a mirror. She's like, it's not more than a mirror. Uh, he lets the dog go and then he kind of walks the dog out, lets it out of the house and the dog goes tearing down the street. And when they come back, Kaylee's like, ah, look at this shit. Will ya?" all of a sudden, all the cameras in the room are facing each other so that they're not look, they're not recording the glass itself. So she's like, how the fuck do you think that happened, you nutsack? And he's like, well, I don't know. So they roll tape back on all the cameras. And what they find is that while they were having their argument, they were also nonchalantly picking up and moving the cameras and positioning them so that they were facing each other. So that they're not looking at the glass, at the glass or glass anymore. She's like, do you remember doing that? And he's like, oh, she's like, I certainly don't. That's the influence of the glass or glass. And as a haunted item, it's not gonna it's not gonna put itself out there that easily. It would rather have you do all the work for it. You know what I mean? It's not gonna make a vulgar display of power by moving the cameras by itself. Why would it do that when it can make you do it? And that, my friends, is pretty fucking freaky. So from there, the the glass builds more momentum. The lights start going out. Things like that. Now we cut back to flashback land. Um, Dad explains to the kids that mom is very sick. She's going to stay in the bedroom for a while. She's going to get better. The kids, by the way, are now welcome to hang out in his office, which they were previously forbidden to do, in which the glass hangs and uh, play video games and stuff. And by the way, they're getting more and more despondent. Like, dad is getting more and more despondent. He's not acting like himself. He's taking on a very monotone uh affect about him uh he's biting his nails obsessively to the point of them bleeding very jack torrance like behavior in a weird way uh that's pretty creepy kids are very concerned about mom so they keep trying to call doctors to come look at mom because dad's not taking her to a hospital uh he just keeps telling the kids that that's on his list of things to do not only that but he's not buying them food he's not going shopping at all so the kids are getting hungry Mom is upstairs, probably withering away. They keep trying to call a doctor. Every time they pick up the phone, they get the same voice telling them the same thing. Have your dad call. 
Have your dad call tomorrow. It's the same voice at every doctor's office they call, saying the exact same thing, using the exact same words. Again, the lasser glass, right? This is fucking freaky, dude. Uh, At one point, Katie's like, you know what? Okay, I'll just go get one of the neighbors if nobody wants to listen to me. So she goes and gets one of the neighbors, a big fat guy, brings him back. She's like, hey, can you talk to my dad? Uh, My mom is sick and, you know, he's, I don't know, tell him to take her to the doctor or something. So the neighbor, being a good Samaritan, comes over and talks to uh, Mr. Russell. And he's like, "Uh," they basically shrug it off as Kaylee acting out uh, because she's grounded. That doesn't, I mean, that's a weird way to to act out. I've been grounded once or twice. Uh, my move was always to take, <laughs> let me tell you how, how, uh, <laughs> how mature I was as a young man. If I got mad at my parents, I would take a shit in the guest bathroom and not flush the toilet. <laughs> uh, it, it, it didn't really have any effect. They would just flush it in. I don't know that they ever caught on that it was me because they weren't around a lot, but I would do that. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe feel better, I guess. Anyway, um, that's fun. So, yeah, they they blow her off. Uh, there's no food in the house. Uh, things are getting desperate. So, fuck. Now we cut back to present time. Things are, again, escalating to the point of, like I said earlier, light bulbs are now blowing out. Kaylee brought a bunch of extra light bulbs. And here comes a really nasty scene that made me cringe also in which Kaylee is walking around changing the light bulbs, eating an apple. You can do the math about what's about to happen, right? She leaves one of the, the light bulbs next to an, her apple on the counter. Instead of picking up the apple, she picks up the light bulb and takes a bite out of it and blood comes gushing out of her mouth. Mouth stuff, man. It freaks me out. I'll take eyeball stuff or foot stuff. I know a lot of people have problems with foot torture. I'll take that any day of the week over mouth and teeth stuff. That that That's what really fires me off. Anyway, she does that. Blood comes gushing out. But then Tim comes down. He's like, hey, you all right? And then she looks down and it's she just has a bite of apple in her mouth. So things are getting even weirder. And now like they're both starting to like lose time. And now they're kind of traveling back into the flashbacks and they're watching themselves as kids do all this shit around the house and freak themselves out even more. So from there, Tim goes into his own flashback where he's watching himself as a kid. And this is kind of where we get the culmination of what happened on that night so long ago. At one point, Tim is starving to death. Well, he's very hungry. Uh, He decides he's going to go upstairs while dad's working in the... uh, uh, office, possibly getting a ghost blowjob, and go up there and check on mom for himself. So he sneaks up there, and when you know it, mom has transformed into my sister Rachel from Pet Cemetery. She's completely feral and emaciated. Uh, all of her teeth are broken because she smashed a plate and was chewing on it. And uh, she's yeah, she's like she's like a werewolf up there. So he, Tim goes up there. He's like, "Hey, mom, you okay?" And she comes charging at him and snaps her. Uh, the wall thing that had her secured and starts like galloping after him. Okay. That's pretty freaky. Uh, from there, dad, who we know now know owns a firearm is up and the power has gone out in the house. And the, the, we have like a bizarro cat and mouse game to where, uh, the kid, the kids are being chased around by their mom and dad has taken a very laissez faire approach to just kind of stalking about the house with a loaded 357 Magnum. Uh, 
and this is where like all the other ghost victims start showing up. You can tell they're ghosts because they look dead and they've all got mirror eyes. Which is creepy as shit, man. It's like that werewolf thing. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of cool, really. But I wouldn't want to try to have a conversation with any of these dudes. Uh, They're all like stalking around the house, scaring the shit out of the kids. At one point, uh, Tim and... Well, Tim is hiding in the kitchen trying to get away from his mother. Kaylee comes in and she's like... Tim, what are you doing? And he's like, no, mom's right over there. And then here comes mom. She comes jumping out of the uh, the shadows and jumps on Kaylee and starts strangling her. Uh, Tim, being the eight-year-old coward that he is, hauls ass out of there. Here comes dad with a 357 and basically shoots the piss out of mom, saving Kaylee's life at that point, My, by the way. Uh, Kaylee gets up. She's like, <coughs> dad, what are you doing? <coughs> Uh, He, like, emptied a full chamber into Mom. Mom is dead. She's out of the equation. Now, they're having this flashback. Uh, While they're having it, they kind of snap back to reality, and Kaylee, uh, like, 23-year-old Kaylee, is walking around the house in the dark. Uh, She feels a hand on her shoulder, and she turns around and looks too fast and basically stabs her, her fiancé in the neck. So Mike has somehow gotten to the house. Um... We think, and this part is kind of open for interpretation because Mike's job during this whole situation was to call Kaylee every hour on the hour to make sure that she was still alive and that she was okay. So right after she stabs Mike in the neck, Kaylee's phone rings and it's Mike. And she's like, hey. And he's like, hey, you okay? And she's like, yeah, uh, just a little shaken up. That's all. He's like, okay, I'll call you in an hour. Okay, bye. So she's thinking, I don't know, but she's like looking through her camera phone, because she thinks she stabbed Mike with a broken plate, but there was no bro- actual, in reality, there's no broken plate on the floor, only through her camera phone. So she's like, I couldn't have, stab- I couldn't have stabbed him because there's no, there's no plate here. But then Tim comes down and he's like, what the fuck did you just do? You killed your fiance. She's like, I couldn't have, there's no plate. I would have stabbed him with a piece of broken plate. There's no broken plate here. That can't be him. But then Tim like pulls the, the fragment and it's actually a broken flower pot and it's just on the other side of the room and the pretty good chance that that is in fact um, dead fiance Mike, which is too bad because he seemed like a nice dude. But that is still open to artistic interpretation because that might have been Mike or it might not have. I don't know. And from this point, we're going to kick into Kaylee's flashback. So now we're going to get the more supernatural side of this. Uh, she has witnessed her father kill her mother. Now, in her flashback, dad had the mirror eyes, okay? In Tim's, he did not. So, there's that. Now, since we're seeing this whole thing from Kaylee's perspective, all the ghosts, including Marisol Chavez, played by Kate Siegel, including all these, and now her mother is one of the ghosts, too, with the mirror eyes, because she's one of the, the souls claimed by the Lasser Glass. And now creeping around the house and uh, basically scaring that her and them from one room to the next until they decide, they kind of like lock themselves in a bedroom closet. They're like, dude, it's that fucking mirror in the study. We have to smash that motherfucker right now. We do that, we might survive the night. They run down there. They summon up all the courage they have. They grab a couple of dad's golf clubs and they start swinging for their life at the mirror. Swing, bang, 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 bang. When they're done, 
they have not laid a finger on the mirror. They were both just beating the shit out of the wall on either side of the mirror. So somehow this fucking mirror can defend itself and see to it that you do not harm it. So it can control people to that level. That's pretty gnarly. That's a scary fucking mirror, dude. Incidentally, I would love to have a life-size replica of the Lasser Glass for my recording studio here. If anybody knows, I already looked. I couldn't find one. If anybody knows how to locate such an item, I'm willing to pay um, upwards of $60. (laughs) I'm willing to make an offer if anybody can locate that for me. Uh, anyway, so they're like, oh shit, it won't let us do it. So there's that. Now dad is right behind him and he's reloaded the gun and he comes up behind him and points the gun at him. And he's like, you gotta be shitting me. Uh, luckily he didn't see Timbo. He only saw, uh, Kaylee. So he's holding Kaylee at gunpoint. Timbo has hidden in the shadows of the office. He jumps out, knocks the gun out of dad's hand with the golf club, grabs it. And then dad's like, well, I don't need the gun anyway. He grabs Kaylee by the neck and slams her up against the the laser glass, creating that small hairline fracture right at the bottom corner. Uh, Dad is strangling Kaylee to death. And that is when Timbo has to shoot dad. Well, he doesn't shoot him. He's like, let her go, let her go, let her go. Eventually he lets her go. And then Kaylee goes running out of there and Timbo is holding dad at gunpoint and dad like takes he like cocks the hammer back for him and points the gun right at his chest at his own chest and he's like run and then he puts his thumb over Timbo's finger on the trigger and basically uses Tim's hand to kill himself and that's that's the end of dad and then from there the cops roll up and they t- they escort Timbo out uh Timbo is put into a cop car Kaylee and Tim are yelling at each other across the lawn. We have to, we have to keep our promise. We have to come back here and kill that thing. We have to, we have to, we have to. And he's like, yeah, okay, I know. It wasn't me. It was the mirror. It was the mirror. Now we cut back to present day. That was Kaylee's interpretation. Okay. Now, as she's like watching this unfold, she's in a different room. Cut back to Tim, who's now in the study, which is very well lit, has all the cameras set up on the laser glass. And he's like, oh, fuck, you're, it is the glass. It is the mirror. So, he runs over to the uh, kitchen timer, which the uh, boat anchor is affixed to, and he cranks it back to zero, and the anchor swings down, and you're thinking it's going to smash the mirror, but somehow Kaylee just pops up between the anchor and the mirror, and she gets impaled by the anchor, and she's like, what the fuck? Uh, how did that, I don't know, Tim's like, you weren't there, I don't, I don't know how I did that, but Kaylee's now dead, and then the cops come and arrest him. And they look at the uh, the video, and basically Kaylee was standing there in the mirror the whole time, and Tim just ran over and hit the switch and impaled her, and basically killed her, and that's the end of your movie right there. That's Oculus, baby, 2014. Great show, if you ask me. A um, lot going on here. You got to really pay attention. But like I said, it gets into some of my favorite elements, which is haunted items versus haunted houses. We see plenty of haunted houses, right? Not many haunted items. And that element of the aftermath. I felt like this this could probably be two movies. The first one being what happened with the kids. Part two being them coming back trying to dismantle the Lasser glass. I I like the way it was Tarantino'd together, though. Came in came out nicely, if you ask me. Definitely worth checking out. I caught it on Amazon Prime if you need to see it again. If not, uh I'm sure you could rent it somewhere on the Roku or 
You probably, I know it's available on uh, Blu-ray, so there's that too. All right, inmates, I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll come back with some other stuff. Wanna make a change for once in my life? It's gonna feel real good. Gonna make a difference. Gonna make it right. As I turn up the collarbone, my favorite winter coat. This wind is blowing my mind. I see your kids in the street.
like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I'm pretty proud of myself. I usually don't come up with the music for these things, but... Yeah, a little Michael Jackson man in the mirror for you. Why not? Why not? Um, here's the thing. Haunted mirrors. Mirrors. I'm not a mirror guy. My wife will spend hours in front of the mirror doing her makeup and her hair and all that stuff. I try to spend the least amount of time looking at myself as humanly possible because, um, I don't know. I guess I just have low self-esteem or something. But if if I had that replica of the Lasser glass that I asked for, and it made me look about, if it shaved about 15 pounds off me and gave me those those triceps that I've been looking for, I've been trying to build up the triceps, I might be interested. I, I, I don't want the mirror eyes, though. That's going to freak people out. Unless I, it gives me, a, like, I can turn them on and turn them off, because that would be kind of cool. Freak out my boss at work, and then uh, maybe he'll leave me the hell alone. I don't know. Uh, right on, inmates. Are you ready? To get into the semi or yes yeah, semifinals of the Terradome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. In. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. <laughs> I get crazy. Six-year-old child with this blind, pale, emotionless face, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes.
to the Terradome. No winners last week, but a brand fresh spanking new match this week, my friends. We are in the Asylum Conference round nine. As usual, bear with me. I'm not very good at writing things. Helen's research had taken her to some very strange places all over the world. Buddy Man Bridge in West Virginia, Loch Ness in Scotland, the Upper Sierras of Northern California, Akiogahara Forest in Japan, and now the infamous Cabrini Green housing projects of Chicago's South Side. The study of urban legends and their origins was what she was writing her thesis on, and in her travels she had talked to many people and recorded many things. Despite her passion, she'd found most of it to be nothing more than ancestral and territorial folklore. But ever since Japan, she felt ill at ease, as if something had come back to Chicago with her. Maybe it was the forest or the creepy old house she'd stayed in, but she kept seeing the woman and the child from the pictures on the wall. Unease aside, she was now headed into an urban war zone to finalize the last of her research, to find the truth behind the Candyman myth. Singles competition, we have Candyman versus Kaiko from the Grudge movies. Now, I'm tempted to take Candyman because he actually brings some weapons to the fight. He's got a hook, he's got the bees, but at the same time, I feel like that's kind of what his downfall is. Because Kaiko can't really be killed, she can only be kind of dispersed in a weird... The grudge, when you have the grudge, you don't really beat the grudge, you just kind of hand it off. If you're well, usually you just die. So that's how that happens. But if any of us watched uh, uh, Sadako versus Kaiko, which was the weird ring versus grudge movie, it can be kind of if you're if you do it correctly, the grudge can be handed off. But it usually isn't going to end. Even if you do hand it off, you're probably still going to die. It's kind of like it follows. What you can do is sick it on somebody else, and then when it's done, it comes right back to you. I, I think I'm going to have to go with Kaiko on this one. Candyman, if you'll recall, and mind you, I haven't seen the new one, is is an old romantic at heart. You know, He's always looking for uh, the love that he lost or whatever. And Kaiko's a woman, so I feel like she might have an edge on him. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Kaiko on this one. Uh, tell me I'm wrong. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me how I'm wrong. Uh, get me your votes by next week if you can. The Mental Health Hotline is area code 775-387-0275. Or email me and uh, explain to me, write me a, a tw- write me your 12-page thesis on how Candyman is going to beat Kaiko. The Padded Room, 2011 at Hotmail.com. Let me know what you think. And while you're thinking about that, uh, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch over the last two weeks. Not many, because I've been traveling. Little segment called, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? Whoop. Yep. Uh, Like I said, I only got a few movies in this week, guys. I did get to see Venom. Let There Be Carnage from 2021. Saw that one in the theater with some friends. Um, I could have swore this was supposed to be a horror movie, and I could have swore this was supposed to be a rated R movie. It is neither. It is just another Marvel action adventure thing. Um, 
I'm not going to say how, but I will say at the end of this one, it does get brought into the, the full MCU. I'll let you discover that for yourselves if you haven't already Googled it. Um, I don't know, man. I uh, it's, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But like I said, I could have swore that we talked about this being a horror movie and it being more of like a carnage serial killer situation instead of more Eddie Brock uh, Venom relationship drama, which is what we got. Uh, Eddie's uh, love lost is now engaged, and he has to deal with that. And him and Venom have a big breakup scene. It's very... (laughs) I'll just say it wasn't what I was expecting, and it's fine. It's fine for what it is, I guess. Squid Games from 2021. Uh, I know a lot of you have seen this also. I marathoned it, saw the whole season. Pretty badass, right? Uh, it's it's one thing to do the whole blood sport, running man, um, gladiatorial thing. We've seen that before. But what they did with this is they implemented child games. Red light, green light, um, other weird Korean games that we probably aren't familiar with here in the United States. Apparently there is an actual squid game that you can play. It doesn't make a lick of sense, but good luck with that. Um, there is some gnarly stuff going on here and it's not just the, the, the blood sports. It's the, uh, the interactions. There's one dude, if you've seen this, you know exactly what I'm talking about, but there's one part where the lights go out and everybody tries to kill everybody else. And complete mayhem ensues. It's bananas. A lot of people didn't like the ending of this. Um, I get it. I was a bit put off by it when you find out who is actually running the whole show. Um, but other than that, I thought it was pretty pretty badass. I'm hoping for a second season. Um, it was, uh, what do you call, uh, subtitled. So you got to watch out for that. But definitely worth a watch. Uh once the gore kicks in, it's like, Jesus, fuck. Uh, lastly, I caught In the Earth from 2021. Um, not a big fan of this one. It's streaming on Hulu. Basically, you have like a Wolf Creek type situation, but with a very environmental uh, kind of a backdrop where like the trees are talking to people. And if you play the right kind of electronic dance music, the trees will understand and respond. <laughs> and this uh, this guy and a park ranger get kidnapped by a psycho in the woods. But the psycho's ex-wife is the tree whisperer. It's very weird. I'm not a fan of this one. It didn't, it didn't make a lot of sense to me either. But it didn't hold my interest either. I'm not. I'm going to say go ahead and skip uh, in the earth. Not a good. Not not up my alley. It, maybe you liked it. I don't know. That's all I'm looking at, gang. Uh, how about some immersion therapy, huh? (laughs) Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch Sea Fever? from 2019 it's streaming on hulu uh that's what we talked about two weeks ago it's a pretty good show very lovecraftian uh as you tend to jump right into whenever you have any kind of terror on the ocean involving monsters um also gets into some paranoia 
uh, biological stuff happening. Pretty good show. It's from a sci-fi. It's an original from a sci-fi streaming service called Dust. So I went ahead and downloaded Dust to my Roku box. They got a lot of weird shit on there, man. But this movie is actually pretty good. You don't have to download Dust. You can get it on Hulu right now. Um, very confined, very paranoia, very isopod, very much like the Bay, but without the found footage stuff. Um, and without the zombies, too, I guess. Um, but the monster, and as the monster operates and the things it does, it, it's very Lovecrafty. And if, you can, if you're into that, if you're in the mood for that, it's a pretty good show. If you're not, then you probably want to skip this one. Uh, yeah, a lot, a lot in the vein of The Thing, but uh, without like the doppelganger aspects. I don't, I don't know what I'm trying to say anymore. I liked it. I'd say it's worth a watch. Uh, sea Fever from 2019. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Neon Dead from 2017. Find this bad guy streaming on Amazon Prime. Check that shit out, inmates, and we will do the same, or I will at least, and compare notes next week. In the meantime, we must now educate me, Mr. Darian. Educating Miss Monica. First, my clues from last week. I am a 16-year-old female student that has gone missing uh, from a field trip. And I, uh, unfortunately, well, the good news is I am found, but it's my dead body. And uh, I may or may not be haunting my old family, I may or may not have been having sex with my next-door neighbor, who's probably in an inappropriate relationship. Uh, that original haunting thing may or may not be a hoax, but it may or may not actually be a haunting. And my mom may or may not be having uh, psychic premonitions of the whole thing. Uh, gee, I sure hope I don't run into my own dead body on this field trip. I'm talking about Lake Mungo, which is also... I put, should have fucking done that for ghost month which is also a great found footage movie out of australia great movie all around if you ask me one of my favorites uh in the found footage world who might i be this week you ask well i am in recovery and i had a bit of a drug problem and i had a very ugly childhood but i'm out now and i'm a hot chick with uh uh, a truck driver husband who goes away for long periods of time, unfortunately, and leaves me alone in my childhood home, which is probably not the best idea, but we got to make money, right? It's okay, though. I got a job at the mall uh, as a janitor, I think. God damn, if I don't get ghost raped in the hallway on videotape where my asshole boss is now going to write me up for it. Fucking shit. I guess I'll just have to bite the shit out of the local priest, I guess. <laughs> Possibly bite him to death. I think I did bite him to death now that I think about it. Who might I be next week? Who might I be, you ask? Well, find out next week, and I will uh, clue you in. In the meantime, I got a couple of dudes here that want to say goodbye. Deacon and Daphne back in studio. You guys want to say goodbye to everybody? Yeah. Of course. Good. Um, 
What? Um, what was your favorite ride on, um... Oh, we're back to Disneyland? Yeah. <laughs> okay. What, what is your question, sir? What was your favorite ride on, um... Universal Studios. Um, not including the scary Halloween stuff? Yes, including. Yes, including that. They had a very cool Michael Myers maze. They also had a very cool Texas Chainsaw Massacre maze. They called them mazes, but they weren't really mazes. You just kind of walk through and Leatherface and Michael Myers would pop out at you from periodically. Yeah, that's from Roblox. Oh, yeah? They have that in Roblox, too? You can, like, go through these, like, maze things. Very cool. You just walk through pathways, and Michael Myers just pops out like, <sighs> oh boy, out of a trash can or Crazy. something. Hey, you know what movie I'm gonna watch, watch for next week's show? Michael Myers. First off, stop doing that with a microphone. No, it's not Michael Myers. It's Beetlejuice. Who's Beetlejuice? Don't say his name three times. Why? Because then he'll show up, and he'll pop out of a giant wedding cake. And put carnival games and giant sandworms in your house. And you don't want any of that. I hate sandworms. You don't like sandworms, Daphne? I don't know that I've ever had an encounter with one, but they don't look like a pleasant creature that I'd want to deal with, especially in my own house. So join us next week for Beetlejuice Inmates. In the meantime, uh, like, comment, subscribe wherever you found this show. That helps our visibility quite a bit. We do have a Patreon campaign running. Uh, paddedroompodcast.com is where you go to find the link. $5 will get you a padded room t-shirt, travel mug, and control of the month of December as of right now is wide open. Uh, you guys got anything else you want to say to the people out there? Um, what's your favorite baseball team and football? That's what you want to know? Everybody's favorite baseball team and football? Oh, Daffy, you got something you want to say, babe? Are you getting shy now? (laughs) Oh, Daphne. That's okay. Uh, There you have it, inmates. Join us next week. I already said that stuff. For Monica and Absentia, Buddy and Absentia, Deacon and Daphne, who are here, weren't for the whole show, but they're back to say goodbye. Haunted Mirrors, guys. Uh, the movie this week was about a haunted mirror. Does did, that freak you right out? Did other haunted mirrors come out and then... No, just one. How many haunted mirrors do you need? One is enough to ruin your day. I promise you that. What about 20? I don't want any haunted mirrors. Maybe a 20 would be enough to ruin your life. If there was a haunted mirror that could make me look really good with my shirt off, I might be interested. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or give me like a... Get rid of some of Daddy's wrinkles and gray hair. Ah, might be an okay haunted mirror. In the meantime, I think that's it for us inmates. For all that stuff, haunted mirrors, crazy kids, Hollywood horror, Universal Nights. Uh, sorry for the week off. And the uh, podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right, stop doing that. I'm afraid visiting hours are over. Over, over to the ground.